Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announcing yesterday Canada will be closing its borders to most foreign travellers in an attempt to limit the spread of the novel coronavirus. There are some exemptions and getting some of the details we're checking in this morning with Global National Correspondent Mike Armstrong. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So the announcement yesterday, I think people kind of knew that that was, you know, some form of that of it was what was coming as it was teased by the prime minister and his uh, his people on Sunday. So can you give us sort of a rundown of, of how things will shake out now as we move forward? Sure. So basically, uh, the starting point is that the border is closed now to most countries. Uh, citizens, permanent residents of Canada can still come home. In fact, the prime minister has been begging people to come home for several days now. Now, there are exceptions to the closure of the border. U.S. citizens, uh, Americans can still come to Canada. The prime minister says the two countries are just too integrated. So for now, that's an exception. The other exceptions are for airline crews, diplomats, uh, people like truckers who have to cross the border often to sort of keep supply routes going. Uh, airlines, by the way, now have to screen passengers before they board. Anyone with symptoms, a cough or a fever, isn't allowed on an aircraft. There's also a procedure to follow if a passenger de- develops symptoms in the air where they have to notify air traffic controllers so that the passenger can be met on the ground. And then the last part of the big announcement yesterday was um, international flights. International flights from most countries as of Wednesday, 12.01 a.m., so overnight tonight. They're all going to be funneled to four airports, uh, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary. Flights from the U.S., Mexico, and the Caribbean are not affected for now. Um, but basically, they want international flights, say, from Europe to go to those four uh, cities, and then they, they can have sort of additional screening and resources there uh, to, to greet people and, and then perhaps follow people when they arrive. Let's dig into the American border a little deeper here, Mike. I understand that there will be restrictions on those Americans, uh, again, minus the truck drivers and and those uh, for work just crossing over for deliveries and and whatnot, uh, that they will have to be quarantined for a full 14-day period. Is that correct? Uh, they're being asked to. I, I mean, nobody's policing this for anybody. Um, there just aren't the resources to police all Canadians or everybody in the country to make sure that they respect that 14-day self-isolation. Um, there have been premiers in the recent days who had been calling for this action. Even more, as a matter of fact, there is a, quite a, there are quite a few people in British Columbia, for example, who have been talking that this should have gone further and that Americans uh, should not be exempt from this. Uh, but really, there is um, a big effort to keep the two countries and the reaction to this crisis integrated, as well as to respect the fact that our economies are so integrated and the supply routes that cross that border back and forth. And it's really complicated to to, to change things with that American-Canadian uh, border. For example, if you go south of Vancouver, you've got a place, a part of the U.S., where you have to travel into Canada to get back into the U.S. Campobello Island on the east coast, it's a part of New Brunswick where you have to drive across a bridge into the U.S., and then you have to drive through the U.S. to get back into Canada. Even ambulances have to do that. So really closing that border, affecting trade and affecting people, the movement across the border, very, very complicated. And, of course, another thing a lot of people are pointing to is what might have been the reaction from the mm-hmm. White House had Canada closed the border. That's exactly. something a lot of people are talking about as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, potential repatriation of people who are outside of the country now. 
It's complicated. Uh, I mean, the, the prime minister, as I said earlier, has been telling people to come home, uh, and it, and there are fewer and fewer flights. The government is trying to uh, bring in uh, emergency loans to help Canadians come home. Um, it's supposed to cover the cost of perhaps flights or even the cost to stay where you are if you're stuck, say, in Europe or something like that. But these emergency loans will be for up to $5,000. I can tell you anecdotally, one person I know uh, forked out $9,000 dollars yesterday to bring back his three daughters wow. who are backpacking in Europe. Wow. $9,000. That's a lot, but you want to bring people home? You don't want our, our Canadians stranded elsewhere. Yeah, and you have to do it quickly because, uh, you know, the restrictions that are coming in might not affect Canadians coming home. So you can still come home, but you have to be able to find a flight home and mm -hmm. all the you know air canada west everybody is is uh, parking a lot of their fleet there isn't going to be a reason if, if people from portugal can't fly for example to canada there aren't going to be regular flights to portugal it's just not going to happen so if you've got people outside the country you want to get them home soon mm -hmm. thanks for the information uh, mike i know it seems to be changing hourly we appreciate you being on top of it thank you that is uh, mike armstrong global news national correspondent 641 on the morning news. You might already be going a little stir crazy at home with the kids, but there's always help from Calgary's Child Magazine. Editor Ellen Percival has some help for us, and she understands full well after being in self-isolation for more than a week now already. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. First of all, uh, why are you in self-isolation? Well, we, uh, we got off a cruise uh, on the 8th of March from the Caribbean, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, fortunately, good news, bad news, um, our plane was delayed in Fort Lauderdale for seven hours. And those seven hours, we sat at a gate with hundreds and hundreds of other people, mm. most of them coughing around us. Yeah. So um, we decided it would be very prudent. Uh, we did miss our, our connecting flight, and it turns out there are um, confirmed cases on the flight we missed. Um, so, like I said, good news, bad news. Yeah. Uh, but we, just, we have very senior parents, you know, raging in age up to 96. And we just felt for the safety of the community and everyone around us that it, it would be better for us to just stay safely at home. Smart. That's the thing to do. And that's what the government is asking us to do. So good on you. And were there any, any problems on the cruise itself at that time? Or was no. it sort of before anything hit? It, you know what? We were just... It was one of those, you know, we, <laughs> we, we ran off the cruise ship into a cab and off to the airport. Like, you know, I think they were starting to, ports were starting to close behind us a few days later. So I think we just, just made it. There, nice. there aren't any problems on that particular Hall in America cruise. You mentioned the coughing in the airport, and I know this was about a week and a half ago then, since you've been in that airport in Florida. But if you can describe the scene, because we've heard it's chaotic in the U U.S. airports oh, at this point. It was unbelievable. It, there, there were no seats for anyone, um, or a limited amount of seats in that gate. I think that particular gate area had six different um, exiting gates on it. So people were sitting on the floor. People were running into each other. There was nowhere for everyone to sit, so the floor, the floor was completely covered. Huge lineups when they did finally um, announce flights. People were tripping over each other, rolling over them with their luggage. <laughs> it was chaos. And no hand sanny at that point, I imagine, because it was before, you know, things really started to get intense. There was, but, it, you know, honestly. Yeah, people weren't know, using it, I'm sure. Like, you know, no, people just were so anxious to get home, yeah. and it was kind of uh, everybody for themselves. And so we stayed put in two chairs, didn't move with our little hand sanitizer, <laughs> and just did our best to, you know, 
you know, ride it out. But so far, we're feeling really good. We're fine. Good. You know, I've spoken to 811 a couple of times. Um, you know, they've been extremely helpful and supportive. And, it, you know, we're just another, you know, Monday, Tuesday. I'll feel like, you know, we can safely emerge and try and help and support those in the community that need our help. And wasn't this a, supposed to be a vacation to, to relax? And uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering. It, it was a parenting conference, actually. It started off in Florida, and, and it was wonderful. And I'm happy to say that was 17 days ago, so we know there was no exposure there. And I was actually the only traveler. I was the only Canadian there, so everyone else was from the States. But, yes, it was supposed to be relaxing. We chose to not get off on some ports. One of them had eight cruise ships on it, uh, and we just chose. To, yeah. to stay safely on board, no good could come of that. Like it was ridiculous, and um, you know, we really, we really were very cautious and, and washed our hands and had our hand sanitizer, <laughs> and you know, kind of self isolated a little bit. You know, certainly some distancing on the ship, and it's a Holland America. They're you know they're quite a bit older demographic. Mm-hmm. They're in bed by six thirty seven. You <laughs> that's know, my like, kind of cruise. <laughs> you know, that's the one you want to be on. <laughs> exactly. So, how's it been a week and a half or so now in self isolation? You and your husband. How's that been? Have you learned anything new about your yourselves? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Structure and routine are crucial. Um, I tend to go to the pool four or five mornings a week and do deep water. I am missing that connection with mm-hmm. that group. I am definitely missing the activity level. I need to get more structured. And I know this. I, I tell families who are asking me that you need to have structure. You need to have routine. You need to get up at the same time and you know find some way to be, to be active. And I've really noticed that I should be practicing what I preach because it's sure easy just to hang out on the couch and watch TV. But your mood starts to go down if you spend too much time on your phone. The news, of course, has just been like body blows for the last week, as I'm sure you can appreciate you're feeling the same way. Um, So it is important. Get up at the same time get on that treadmill or, you know, walk around the block. It's okay to be outside. We haven't been, but, you know, it is okay as long as you are, you know, that distance from other people, and mm-hmm. depending where you go and what time. Mm-hmm. You well, probably won't run into anybody. I'll tell you what, those are some great points right now, but uh, we're hoping to keep you for a couple more minutes uh, after the break. Is that right with you? Absolutely. Ellen Percival, Calgary's Child Magazine. More on how to... Keep the family cohesive and <laughs> non-combative. And keep That's the kids coming entertained. Coming up in two minutes. 649, joined once again by Ellen Percival, editor of Calgary's Child Magazine, who is in self-isolation at home. But more than that, we wanted to talk to you as well, Ellen, because you've got all the goods on how to keep the kids entertained and, and not driving us and themselves crazy <laughs> now that uh, you know they're on hiatus from school for the time being. Absolutely. You know, the first thing I would say, uh, you know, we'll backtrack just for a second, is, you know, make sure you deal with your own anxiety first. You know, get the information you need, calm yourself down, then sit down and talk to your kids about their fears and worries. I think we need to all start on the same page where everyone's feeling empowered, that you've got this, you're, you're taking precautions at home, you're, you're washing your hands, you're looking after yourself. A family meeting is really important. I think you need to establish some boundaries. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Because you're going to find, you know, just like when you go on holidays together, you have this idyllic vision of how great holidays are going to be. So beautiful. And the bickering starts, right? Because too much. Five minutes in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before you get in the car. Yeah. So so I think it's really important that you all sit down and kind of, you know, devise a family contract. What is this going to look like? What are our expectations? What do we think the biggest challenges are going to be? What strengths do we have? discuss any concerns or expectations so that's number one okay Mm -hmm. then you need to set up some structure as i said um getting up at the same time um you have breakfast together we routine is just going to be so crucial for people it's really important for them to know kind of what their day is going to look like um keep moving that's a big one make sure you schedule in some some fitness family time um, you can find any number of videos. There'll be some little fitness videos. You can go out and run around the backyard or, again, you know, depending if you're isolating or not, you still can go out for a nice walk around the block or, um, you know, keep yourselves distanced if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that kids have, again, have a schedule. We've got one on our Facebook page that, you know, basically get up at the same time, have a little walk, do some academic time some creative time, some chores and quiet time, whatever that looks like for your family, but I cannot emphasize enough. Now, we're all feeling a little overwhelmed about how are we teaching our kids at home. Um, I'll be honest with you, I probably would have killed mine. (laughs) I don't have the patience. You know, I just don't, and I know that about myself. So, you know, dig deep, everyone. You can get through this. There's so many resources and support available. We are working on a video series. We've reached out to many, many, many of the businesses in Calgary that we personally work with and asked them to shoot little videos. We've got something coming on how to do an art class. Yeah, great. Right? Uh, we'll have a little fitness class, I hope, hopefully some tours. We're hoping to check in with some of the animals at the nearby farms. You'll find those resources. They're popping up everywhere. We have you know, dozens of them on our on our Facebook already, and we'll be Facebook. adding more. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to have to leave it there, but calgaryschild.com and search Calgary's Child Magazine on Facebook. Thank you very much uh, for your uh, great words, Ellen. You're welcome. Ellen Percival, editor of Calgary's Child Magazine. Winter, COVID-19, kids are off school right now, fitness facilities closed. It's a recipe for lying on the couch and watching Netflix. So how can we keep active and get into a new type of fitness routine? With the answers, we're joined by fitness trainer, Garner Blease. Hi, Garner. Hi, Sue. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. So we should not, I'm sure, according to you, just lie on the couch and eat bonbons at this point, right? (laughs) Absolutely not. This actually provides us with an awesome opportunity to maybe recommit to some of our our goals and some of our fitness desires. A lot of people wind up having the excuse of, I don't have enough time to do this, to take care of myself. And now we're in an unfortunate position, but in a way also fortunate, that we actually have time to do things that we wouldn't otherwise have time to do. Aside from- If you were, for example, sitting around the house, eating bonbons and watching Netflix. <laughs> this is a great opportunity for you to say, well, I actually have an extra five minutes. Geez, I actually have an extra hour. Maybe there's something I can do at home. Aside from the physical uh, benefits, I know my wife, she loves going to yoga and doing her Zumba. Gym is now shut down. For her, it's the mental health, and I think sometimes we uh, don't see that connection between the physical and the mental that we would get by being active. Absolutely. The um, 
one of the things that I've noticed already is that there's a huge imbalance in what people are absorbing with the information out there and more of kind of a panic and anxiety related to what's happening. The reality is we still have a lot of opportunity to be proactive and a balance of maybe once in a while not watching uh, a bunch of news that is kind of inciting some of that anxiety and fear, balance it out with other things that are very positive for yourself. Stay informed, absolutely. But there's other ways, even through media, that we can look at solutions for ourselves and our own health. There's an opportunity, for example, with Vivo, uh, where I work, for healthier generations. We want everybody to maintain their health and well-being and their healthy practices at home. So on our social media pages, we are going to be posting workouts where you are still getting an opportunity to be taught by an instructor on some healthy home tips and healthy exercises. Great idea. Yeah, you might not be able to do a Zumba class, um, although some of that is offered as well in terms of an actual class-led type environment. So, you know, Garner, I think that's a great idea. We can go to Vivo's social media and other places. I'm sure there are lots of things online. Are there some ideas that you can give us just maybe, you know, we're just, we can't get our heads around that. So how, if we're not at the gym, how can we work out at home? What are some of the kind of the basics, maybe two or three you can give us? First of all, I would like to say that because we're at home, Part of our fitness is definitely going to be nutrition. So now is an opportunity where we actually can spend some time in the kitchen and start thinking about those homemade meals just like we did in the old days. And now it can be just more than one a week. It can be three, four times a day that we're doing something. But with regards to actual exercise, we most of us have a chair, a sofa, a set of stairs, Most of us can even get outside on the nicer days. Going for a walk around the block and getting some fresh air and some sunshine does amazing things for our mood and our dopamine levels. We will increase kind of that stress reduction and overall happiness that we have. Then in the house, we can be doing things like doing squats off of a couch or a chair. This body weight, believe me, if you do it slowly and don't use your hands to help you get up, but simply do a set of 10 very controlled movements, you'll get a great leg burn. Walking up and down the stairs, yeah, you don't have a stairmaster. It's not a continual direction, so be careful, go slow, but walking up and down the stairs will be an incredible workout, just like doing a stairmaster. A lot of the things in the gym, matter of fact, try to mimic what we do outside anyways. Mm-hmm. The treadmill is just mimicking our, our walk outside. Our stairmaster is dealing with walking up our stairs. And when you say walk outside, Gardner, I think when we think walking, if you're a hardcore workout enthusiast, you say, I'm not going to be able to, to get it done. But you could go as far as you want, and the pace is up to you. So you could actually probably burn more calories than you, than you think. Perceived exertion is kind of where we benchmark how much we're getting for a health benefit from our workouts. So when it comes to something like workouts or walking outside, like you said, If we decided to do, if you're healthy and you're used to exercise, if you wanted to do a jog to bring up your heart rate and then walk, jog, and walk, you could have a great benefit just doing that around your block. You don't have to go for a marathon run. Same with exercises in your house. If you did push-ups, for example, if you're the kind of person 
that is relatively strong and used to working out, I challenge you, do your push-ups, but do them slow and controlled. And then see if you can still do 10 or 20 in a row under slow controlled movements because eccentric contractions are going to load up and tire out your muscles faster than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Sue mentioned the bonbons, and I know I, I think, she, ruined was, my day, I, Garner, I, I think she was joking. <laughs> uh, but uh, not only is it a, a time to still be active, but a time to try to match that with our diet as well, I would think. Like I mentioned, uh, now we can actually spend time in the kitchen. And interestingly enough, when I went to the grocery store, because we still have to go get groceries and the grocery stores are still full, so don't panic buy. Mm -hmm. But I got to say for your listeners out there, one of the things that I was absolutely shocked with was navigating the fresh fruits and vegetable aisle and going around to everything that's kind of fresh and healthy seemed to be in abundance. <laughs> the, the frozen pizza aisle. And the toilet paper and the chips all empty, right? All empty. All empty. And I was I was actually just shaking my head thinking, oh, okay, this is people's go-to if they think that they're going to be hibernating for a bit. You know what? Go for those fresh foods. Go for those foods that we can identify and then get creative. Nowadays, we don't even need a, a cookbook. Go online. Try a new recipe. Mm-hmm. Be inventive. Get be the creative. kids to cook with you too, right? Absolutely. They can continue to learn weights and measures. If they're not in science class, best way for them to continue learning is some real-world learning. And in the kitchen is a great place to learn all your science. For sure. Imagine that, eh? Maybe teach them. Science the- project, uh, yeast and how it ferments. Make a, bu- exactly. a batch of beer or something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with it. That, that sounds great. Yeah. Time to keep active. We've got the time for it. Thanks, Garner. You're welcome. That's fitness trainer Garner Bleesk. 917 now. It's time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman, a mix of unique single family homes, townhomes, and condos. Community residential streets are still going to be quite icy for you this morning, but the main routes have much improved from yesterday's drive with all the melting going on. We are seeing dry road conditions on Deerfoot, Glenmore, and Crowchild, and that's also met with nice light volume on all three of those major routes. Even McLeod Trail, that's an 18-minute drive now from Highway 22X Stony Trail into the downtown core. 16th Avenue running smoothly for, through both the northeast and northwest ends, and also seeing light volume on Sarcy Trail from 16th Avenue down towards Glenmore Trail Highway. Eight. A bit of construction, though, to watch out for in the southwest along 90th Avenue west of 14th Street. Eastbound and westbound lane closures there until 3 this afternoon. NetFile with UFile tax software and be sure you get the best tax refund fast. Your tax is your way. Visit ufile.ca today. For the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Freddie Howard.